You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. This is a retirement podcast, yes, but it's not like any other financial show that you're listening to. So if you like us, subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you think. You can always weigh in with your questions, too, at retirementsolutionradio.com. In my random research that I do for this show every week, John, I actually thought of you this week when I came across a study totally non-financial related, but you Mm. have warned me about this, and it turns out you were right on something. Uh Uh-oh, So Uh the Cleveland Clinic did this study, and they say if you're hitting the snooze button too many times, you're disrupting that late-stage REM sleep. And you shared with me recently off the air your trick for avoiding the snooze button. And I'm yes. going to have to try it, especially after researchers verified what you said. But what is that rule that you use? Never have an alarm clock. That's the best <laughs> way to avoid a snooze button. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so for some of us who are still working, oh, I know. we still well, have to have that, right? <laughs> no, of course, we have to. I love the fact that the Cleveland Clinic has clinical research to prove that I was right. This this is like the best thing ever. It's like, oh, it's my baby. John got it right today. Oh, so wonderful. Oh, thank you so much, John, for being correct at least once in your life. Thank you. No, but see, this is one of those things that always affects me. My wife loves to set the alarm clock like an hour and a half early, mm-hmm. and she just keeps hitting the snooze, and I never feel like I've gotten sleep. She actually has it to where the yellow light or the, the greenish light focuses directly into your eyeballs if you ever wake up. So you also feel like there's an alien probe that has a light on it looking directly at you like you're going to be probed at any minute. And so years ago, I made the realization, no, I'm not going to do this. I made her turn that alarm clock around so you can't see the time. Mm -hmm. Because no matter when you wake up, does it matter what time it is? No. You're still going to have to get up at whatever time. It doesn't matter what time it is. Don't do it to yourself. And I actually put a pillow on top of the alarm clock. I do. I'm not lying. I really do this. And and on top of that, I say you need to set it for five minutes before you really want to be up. Okay. Five minutes five before minutes you know only. you really need to be up, hmm. period. And here's the trick. I learned this from I don't know who it was, but I learned this trick. And the whole point is you understand that when you hear that alarm clock, all you have to do, it doesn't matter if you want to get up, no one does, but you just think to yourself, five, four, three, two, one, blast off. And as soon as in your brain you say blast off, you put that first foot on the floor and you get out of bed. Amazingly enough, this is called the five second rule. Uh huh. And this works with almost anything where you're feeling trepidation or you're feeling worried or anxious or, or, or you have this angst about doing something. Just understand those are just feelings you're going through, whether it's, man, I do not want to get up today. Today is the day that if I could stay in a bed all day, I would do it. I would do it, Ted. I would do it even if it lay by you all day. I would do it. And the point is, when you get that out of your brain, just don't even do it. Just go five, four, three, two, one, blast off. And when you do that, if you make the action, you put your foot on the floor, believe it or not, you get up and you don't mind it at all. You then remember, wow, I forgot what it felt like to be up at this point in time. I forgot what it felt like to have clarity in my brain. Even before the coffee, I forgot what it felt like to 
power through those emotions. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing, guys. And that is the secret to happiness. We have to have progress. And in order to have progress, you have to be moving forward. The five-second rule to get out of bed, that one step on the floor is the first step of that day, which frankly makes it the most important. So as you're here on this Sunday morning, what was your first step today? You may not be up yet. You may be hearing me on a podcast. That's okay. The next time you think about that, think about how you can use a five second rule to power through all of those emotions or all of those feelings and just make it happen. Because that step, if it's going towards your path that you want to go to, I bet you it's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to try this this week. Okay. I'll let you know how it goes next weekend. I'm going to try this because I am like to kneel in that I hit that snooze button probably three or four times. I hate it. I know. So I've really got to retrain my brain here. So I'm going to try it. Take that step, though. And if you want to find progress with me again, uh, join our challenge. Tell us about it on our Facebook page, The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. But it doesn't surprise me that you know random things like this. You're kind of a study of behavior (laughs) in everything that you do. And when it comes to finances, too, John, and actually, uh, this guy is, too, because we all hear about Warren Buffett. It, right, but sure. Oh, yeah. We don't hear a lot about his right hand man, who is 97 years old and Ooh. still working. Charlie Munger was on Yahoo Finance recently talking about how many people consider today wealth management just going out and buying things like a hundred different stocks or bonds. Listen to what he said. I think the people who argue for all this diversification, by the way, I call it diversification, and which I copied from somebody, and. And I'm way, way more comfortable owning two or three stocks, which I think I know something about and where I think I have an advantage. Diversification. I yeah. love his line that he apparently stole there. He stole it, but at least he's honest about it, right? He's yeah. giving credit to someone, anonymous someone. Yeah. So good, good play to him. And you know why he did that, Jennifer? Charlie Munger was a very successful attorney. He was a very successful lawyer. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's how he actually made his money in the beginning. So it's very interesting. So he was born in Omaha, Nebraska in like the 20s. I don't remember when. And uh, it's so odd because he did not meet Warren Buffett until 1956. Oh, wow. But uh, when he was young, he actually worked for one summer in Warren Buffett's grandfather's grocery. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. So in Omaha, Nebraska, little old Omaha, Nebraska, Charlie Munger was raised and and Warren Buffett was raised, but they didn't know each other from the beginning. It was when Charlie Munger worked for Warren Buffett's grandfather's grocery that that made a connection. But they didn't meet each other until much later in life. But Charlie Munger was a very successful attorney, and then he went on to run a hedge fund on his own. Uh, He founded his hedge fund in 1963. The reason I find this so interesting is because everyone acts like hedge funds are are a very new thing, or they're only in vogue since the 80s. Charlie Munger ran a hedge fund since 1963. Mm. But amazingly, once he met Warren Buffett in 1956, at least so so the story's written, they became immediate friends. Mm. They were very interested in how investments worked and how you could compound money over time, but they had very different ideas in how you did it. When you look at it today, Jennifer, Warren Buffett is worth about $80 billion, depending on what day you look at you know, his net value. Now, Charlie Munger is also a billionaire, but Charlie, at least from current numbers, is worth about $2 billion. Oh, big difference, so huh? It's a huge difference, and so why is there that big of a difference? Now, Warren Buffett finds him to be a genius when it comes to sage advice. But this is one of those things that I think makes the difference between a Warren Buffett and a Charlie Munger. 
what we just recently heard or what Charlie Munger just said to Yahoo Finance was that two or three stocks that you know somewhat or a lot about is better than having a full portfolio. Now, see, I find this to be very interesting, Jennifer, and I think this also may be a telling tale on why Munger may only be worth $2 billion and Warren worth $80 Oh, billion. okay. I think that there's something that we can learn from this. If we are going into retirement, what happens if one of those two or three things takes a total smash in the mouth? What happens if, let's say last year, and again, I'm not saying anyone should buy or sell it, but what happened if we owned a majority of our portfolio in ExxonMobil? Now, if you don't know, ExxonMobil in 2020 was down nearly 68% at one point in time. Now, of course, it still paid its dividend, but ladies and gentlemen, if all of a sudden you saw, if you were listening to Charlie Munger's advice, having just maybe two or three positions, if you saw one of those positions taking a 60% hit, would that affect you? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> now, listen, most of us don't have that opportunity to be billionaires where we have other money elsewhere, right, that we could rely on. Mm -hmm. This is money we need to live off of. And so because of that, I'm not going to chastise the advice because I think he's coming at it from some place very different. But this is why I think that there's so many different ways for us to manage our own wealth that's better for us. Charlie Munger's way has frankly been very different than Warren Buffett's way, mm -hmm. which has been very different than a million other people, including George Soros or Mark Cuban from Shark Tank or Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank, for that matter, mm -hmm. or any number of these other billionaires, right? They all have made their money very differently. So why shouldn't your path to your retirement be just as unique? See, we think it should, and this is why we always feel that people should work with a skilled fiduciary-only advisor. Because their job, and by the way, what does fiduciary mean? Now, we just call this the gold standard. This just means that they cannot be compensated more by you investing in one thing than another. It means that they should be aligned 100% with your best interests. Hmm. Okay. Now, here's the thing. This is very different because most people don't realize this. But if you're dealing with one of those big box firms... And it doesn't matter who it is, and I'm not passing judgment, but if you're dealing with a Merrill Lynch or a UBS or a Fifth Third Bank or a Chase Bank or take your pick on any of those other big ones, they're not fiduciaries, not fiduciary only. Good to know. Okay. Because they can earn commissions off of you, which may actually change the way that they give you advice. So when you seek someone out, I want you to really think about the golden standard. You want someone that is only motivated to serve your needs not their pocketbooks, mm -hmm. right? Not their pocketbooks. So when I hear Charlie Munger say, hey, two or three stocks that I know well, I'm cool with that, the guy ran a hedge fund, more power to him. But what I find is that most people need much better diversification than that. But more than that, they need a unique plan that fits their unique needs. There are some strategies you can use, ladies and gentlemen, that can help you retire four or five years earlier. Wow. But there's trade-offs. Uh -huh. There's other plans that allow you to escape the majority of taxes over your lifetime. But there's trade-offs. There's some plans where you can literally beat the market in an upward-moving market. But there's trade-offs. And there are some plans where you can get the most income you could squeeze of any strategy on the planet. But there's trade-offs. So wouldn't you want the golden standard of someone that's telling you all these things, which one is the right pick for you? If that's what you're looking for, I think... You probably need to be searching for a fiduciary-based advisor. Radio host, financial advisor, and now author. That's right. Check out John's book, The Retirement Solution, on Amazon.com. Or get a free chapter now at RetirementSolutionRadio.com. 
The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. J. Hagen Capital is a registered investment advisor. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Incorporated is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance products and annuities offered through John Hicks. Kentucky Insurance License Number 99882. 